0: and gave me a bell ringer <laughs> like when you used to huff aerosol and you saw the Willy Wonkas that's what it, that's what the glory felt like <laughs> whoa how many of y'all know took in the ghost works It astonishes the mind how real the Holy Ghost is, even if you've been in the Holy Ghost for 15 years. That next hit will surprise your mind. Man, that glory is nice. That glory is pumpkin spice. Nice. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the pumpkin spice glory. (laughs) Uh, it's always a September to remember because the glory is the reminder of Jesus victorious over all sin and darkness what a wonderful time we're living in right now the acceleration of the resurrection of the children of God not all are rising but some are and that's what's important the some that rise will outpour their inner man upon everyone that doesn't want to rise it's total sovereignty in the resurrection the resurrection is your marriage to the Lamb You're only married to Jesus if you rise from the dead. Staying in the realm of the dead is saying, I will not marry you. And he's not even mad at you because you have that choice. The truth is, you're mad at yourself. And you're practicing madness. As you're mad at yourself, God's not mad at you, you're mad at yourself. Not rising from the dead in the glory is a judgment towards yourself that you've judged yourself unworthy of the kingdom. Big gold flakes in the audience today. That's good. Hallelujah. Yep, from token the ghost right there. For some reason, the audience camera. I don't know what's going on out there. It's like the Onyx Castle out there today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who knows? It's like a, a black but lovely out there in the audience today. Yeah, yeah, our friend got a big gold flag on his ring finger just now as I'm speaking on the marriage of the Lamb, signs and wonders thank you Lord for gold dust upon all the viewers watching online everyone in the audience baptized in fresh glory hallelujah we are the children of the resurrection which means you will always rise from glory to glory because you have made the Spirit your Lord making the Holy Spirit the master of of your mind will and emotions of your thought life is saying yes to the invitation to the marriage supper of the lamb this is what the spirit says to the churches saying yes to the leadership of the holy ghost and the spirit of god will refine your hearts he'll convict of sin righteousness and coming judgment which means he likes you when he points out how you're wrong about everything it's because he cares about you amen a lot of times when we're corrected we take it as rejection he's only rejecting the sin he's not rejected you the fact that you're even corrected and he's attacking sin means that he's working on you and you've said yes to becoming a disciple you have said yes to the invitation to the Marriage Supper of the Lamb. It's an invitation sent to everyone, the Bible says. The Bible says he sent it first to the Jews. Salvation comes first to the Jews. They judged themselves unworthy. It is written, that Scripture. They judged themselves not worthy of the resurrection. They wanted to stay dead. Staying dead was not believing in Jesus and not allowing the soul of Jesus that's in our hearts to lead us from glory to glory in a spiritual and soul, which is moral resurrection. We have become the resurrection from the dead while in the body. That's what the Bible says. Uh And which means we've said yes to the invitation. There's an invitation to everyone. The issue is judging yourself worthy of the invitation, which is the ability for the Spirit of God to lead you upward into realms you know nothing about. Knowledge can't experience these realms. Knowledge disqualifies you from these realms. It's a substance of grace. The Bible says that the power of the Holy Spirit is the grace of the Lord Jesus. (laughs) What is grace? Amplified Classic gives you the definition of what grace is. Grace is the power of the Holy Ghost. Just receive it, lather it upon your mind, put it into your eyeballs. I have heard clearly from the Lord that no one can rise unless they see. Seeing is critical to rising. The Bible says to the infants in Christ that your hearts and the eyes of your hearts would be illuminated so that you can see with the eyes of your spirit the manifest glory, the light of Christ. Christ has shone upon our hearts. The Bible says it. Christ has shined, rise from the dead, for Christ shines on you. Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. He's shining upon you with the Word of God. The Word of God is a weighty, bright, Shekinah, Kavad, drunken, weighty, Word of God glory. You get into the weighty Word glory, Oh, hallelujah. Now you have an anchor for the soul, the weighty word glory. Whack your mind into Never Never Land tonight. they <laughs> look at your brain as a baseball. And you have the MVP of the year, Jesus, at bat. And the Holy Ghost is about to pitch your brain right to the glory bat of christ how high do you want to fly out of bounds out of grounds hit it out of the park lord and just like those nice stadiums when he hits the ball so far it always lands in water I like the San Francisco Giant Stadium where the ball goes all the way into the bay and causes a huge splash. Hits the ocean. Goes into the Pacific. A baptism of your brain which is an image of receiving revelation of the weighty word glory. When you hear, the Bible says, hearing But not understanding, oh, that's not us. That's not you. Because you love the Holy Ghost and you've given your soul to the fire of God. When you hear, you're quick to understand. Why? Because the Spirit of God quickens the weighty word glory into our souls and burns it up. What is making straight the way of the Lord in his second coming? He comes through you, birthing the Son of God and glory in the mighty breaking waters of the river of life. Out of your bellies flow the rivers of glory. Because when the Word hits the soul, it burns up the control. It burns up the lust, and it burns up the pride. It burns up the stubbornness, and it burns up the rebellion. The Word of God is the judgment of sin. The sword of the Lord's for what? (laughs) Sin. What guarded the entrance to the Garden of Glory? The Word of God. A flashing sword stood at the gates of the Garden of Eden, representing the mind of adam and eve the first man and woman not allowed back into the glory because of a seared conscience they had sinned in the spirit they had sinned with their senses they had sinned and committed death and treason in spirit soul mind and body and were cut Off from the grace or the power of the Holy Spirit left on their own in the natural realm to till the ground by the sweat of their brow and to be given pain in childbirth and to desire man it is written (laughs) three things they were cursed with with a curse not that God cursed them they cursed themselves because they left and divorced God so we need to be married from God for these three curses to come out of our souls they've come out of your spirit and if they haven't come out of your spirit it's because you're not born again yet ask the Lord Jesus into your heart you must be born again it is written confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your spirit that God raised him from the dead and you and your entire household shall be saved it is written Amen so after we get the salvation experience a wonderful born again experience and the spirit of God honors the sincerity of your innermost being don't play games with the Holy Ghost he's not playing games with you He's trying to help you in every area of your soul. Often in ignorance because of the sin and the dust and the debris and just the dullness. What did Jesus Christ say to His disciples? Are you still so dull? He says it over and over. He wasn't making fun of them. It was a surprising resistance in their senses to the leadership of the Spirit of God. So, listen, Jesus dealt with all of this with his disciples he's dealing with it with all of us and he still calls us dull from time to time and we need to hear that and if we're too sensitive and we're too emotional we're too messed up you know it's just he keeps us in swaddling clothes he'll just swaddle us and he'll call them sucklings in the new testament and he'll just give you baby bottle glory right into your mouth just a little drop at a time not too much because too much and you'd probably die (laughs) because you can only handle so little of god because there's so much soulishness and sin in there and so he gives us according to our thirst and hunger for righteousness the bible says he doesn't give us all of himself that's not biblical The Bible says, The Spirit of God is a down payment of future glory. It is written, He gives us Himself in increments and sees if we're faithful, like the parable of the talents. One, three, five. If you're faithful, Jesus Christ in the red letter said, with a little, I will give you much. Yes, and He'll give you more if you're faithful in the little. So if you're faithful in the little milk drop from the Father in heaven and he's given you nourishment for your spirit, one drop at a time, drip by drip, drop by drop, and you know what? He will give the infants wine. You start on wine from infancy in heaven. You grow up in vineyards. It's much stronger than alcohol. It's called the glory of God. It's supremely intoxicating. Imagine children drinking the cup of Jesus from birth. We need to be drinking the cup of the Lord from in utero, from being inside the belly. Of our mother we need to be receiving and drinking the Holy Ghost that little fetus in there can hear every word that mother and father and the adults are conversing in around it and it's forming and shaping their very heart around their spirit in utero amen the heart forms around the spirit first at conception then the ear comes out of the heart spirit heart and ear wow. it's the same for you wow. when you're born again you begin to have ears <laughs> to hear what the spirit says to the churches let him who has ears hear. which means that if, if your spirits not hearing God says your spirit needs to grow ears because you're just a heart <laughs> When you're just a heart, you're malnourished and your spirit doesn't even have ears to hear. That's why there's only carnality and soulishness amongst so many infants in Christ. They have yet to grow the ears, which means they're about two months old in the Lord. Yet they've been going to church for 50 years. A lot of them. But they never grew ears. They don't hear with their spirit. They hear with their flesh. We put the Word into the flesh and we discern from the carnal senses using sense and reason, which is nothing less than the curse of the fall to see if someone is from God or not. It's like asking Satan for permission. And when you ask the senses and the reasoning of the intellect of the human brain, if it's from God, you might as well ask the devil. Because it's the same exact thing. It's not discernment. You're going to Satan for discernment. Discernment is of the spirit. The spirit of discernment. Discerning of what? Spirits. It is written. You can't discern in the soul. You're going to demons. That's why people tune in and they're completely filled with witchcraft and soulish horror Babylon false Christianity and they discern things negatively. I get a check in my spirit. You don't even know where your spirit is. What you do get a check in is Satan in the soulishness of the witchcraft you've been eating from the pig trough of false Christianity for the last 20 years, and you better get a check in that, because you've been serving Jezebel and not Jesus. Jezebel gets offended by everything Jesus does, and Jesus doesn't back down to that lying witch. He aggressively takes his Louisville slugger and breaks her teeth out of her mouth. She'll come around with false understanding, and you have to hit her in the face again with a holy ghost baseball bat amen jesus christ said to his disciples do you have two swords that's enough i tell you do you have two baseball bats that's enough in the spirit to knock the teeth out of your demon enemies that are trying to destroy your destinies through soulish spirituality which is sorcery and immorality that you need to annihilate in the civil war of your own members. Every single one of you is fighting a civil war. Civil war is not this external fight. That's not fighting the good fight of faith. Civil war is fighting spirit against your own soul. And if you don't understand soul in the civil war, you will lose by becoming a hypocrite and judging others. That's how the devil defeats believers. He gets them into unrighteous judgment, an external prideful speck and plank in the eye, Jesus Christ called it, we say, oh, it's just, a sp- no, it's a building of a prison around your mind. <laughs> Planks are what you build houses with. When you have planks in your eye, you have built a house of unrighteous judgment towards the things of the Spirit by not discerning accurately from the Spirit, from the discernment of spirits. You are in the discernment of soul, which is demonic, unrighteous judgment. That's what's wrong with everyone. That's why they're so screwed up. The devil has them in demonic soulish discernment, which builds a plank, which is the building blocks for building houses in that day, around their mind, so that they're seeing but not perceiving, hearing but never understanding. Why? Because they've built a house of wood around their minds. Isn't that what the Bible says? The God of this world has deceived the hearts of the soulish, which is the unbeliever. You can't believe in the soul. The grace of the Lord Jesus is the power to believe only in the spirit. Truth is, most Christians don't even know where their spirit is. And when you tell them, they react negatively. I remember trying to force people to lay hands on their spirit. All of a sudden demons start coming out of them. I was like, just forget it. I can't even work with you, man. I tried to help, you know. Maybe next year, another lap around the mountain. Start weeping and gnashing their teeth. You try to help people, leading them into the Spirit, leading them into the promised land out of soulish witchcraft full of just charismatic Satan. Satan's a charismatic Pharisee, the Bible says. The offspring of the devils were charismatic Jews in the first coming of Jesus Christ. You can't speak about this enough because this is our final enemy and the charismatic church has not overcome it yet. We will at the total annihilation of our soulish charismatic fluff. It's gotta burn up and it's not even so much stubble. We have wood around our minds. I've seen the wood around prophets' minds. It's rare to find someone so tender-hearted and childlike that they haven't grown into the adulthood of building a wood house around their freaking brains. We gotta burn it all down. I've come to bring fire, Jesus said. Why? Because he wanted to burn up all the building of man, which is us putting ourselves in realms we should never dwell in. When man builds, the Bible says it's vanity, vanity, vanity chasing after the wind. Spiritual building out of man's soul is an imprisonment of the human mind. Nobody put their you, ear in there. You put yourself there by building out of the vain temporal part of you, which is your senses and your reason, which is your brain. If your brain builds the Christian house, you incarcerate your soul in witchcraft, and that's what the New Testament teaches. The incarceration of your brain in witchcraft, the Bible calls it bewitchment of trying to finish in the soul what began in the spiritual stomach amen so what is the house that the lord is building i tell you the truth ezekiel 47 a water temple and your body is the water temple water cannot be built except by the hands of the holy ghost Because it's a wall that sustains the water upflowing from the Spirit through the heart and mind. Faith maintains a upward geyser or an upward waterfall. It's a miracle to grow in the living water. The Bible says that we are the signs and wonders as Israelites. We are for signs and wonders in Israel. No, we are the signs and wonders as Israel. Israel means sons of God, children of God, children of glory are signs and wonders, because the sign and wonder is how the living water rises without walls. (laughs) A Jerusalem without walls is all the walls of your heart, your Jericho. Where's the promised land? Your heart conquered by your spirit and the walls of your heart that we all have. Not everyone, no one here has a perfect heart. There are walls that have never been touched and if they get touched, you get offended and you just hide behind those walls. I don't trust any man after what men have done to me. I don't trust any woman after what women have done to me. I don't trust any preacher or teacher. I don't trust Christians. I went to church. They burned me. We have walls through wounds. Wounds create walls. (laughs) Offense is offense that we live in. We create our own walls around our spirit, and we justify them from past experiences, but there's no justification for walls in the New Covenant. You have resisted the spirit, tearing down the walls of your heart. The healing of the heart, which is the transfiguration of the soul, requires a Jerusalem within, with no walls remember the temple is in the center of jerusalem you are that temple in the center of the city of god and the awakening to the spirit of the living waters on the inside is the healing of our hearts. You will have to gradually drink and see that the Lord is good for all the past memories, your own sins, your own shame, your own lust, your own pride, your own rebellion, your sorcery, your stubbornness, your disobedience your unfaithfulness in things in stewardship and all these areas where we have shortfallings these are areas where our conscience condemns us because we haven't been perfect and we have not yet drunk it clear by letting the walls of our consciousness fall down for a perfect well of salvation but when that happens the spirit and the bride will say come and drink when we say come and drink it means that the walls of our heart are melted it's dissolved there's nothing in my past that the enemy can hold against me Satan has come thousands of times and now he has nothing on Jesus who's risen in my heart and I've allowed him to deal with all the interior castles of my soul cleaning out the rooms within room by room swept clean no skeletons in the closet, being right in the clear conscience before God and the angels all the time. And when the external realm comes, guess what? You have an internal realm that's greater than the external realm. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Oh! So you can live in the New Jerusalem, which is the interior castle, which is the heavenly Jerusalem. You can live in this heavenly dwelling when you live in the Holy Spirit formed in you. You are living in heaven on earth. What is heaven on earth? Living with all your soul in the Holy Spirit risen in your bellies. And it's a progressive work. He'll begin to touch things that you've never allowed him to touch. This is how we grow in Christ. This is, it's not a healing of humanity. It's not a healing so you're a perfect human. It's a healing that removes the human nature. So there's no part of the interior castle that has any humanity left in it only divinity only glory only sparkling shekinah light in every direction the light of his glory i will glorify the temple of my dwelling declares the lord and the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former house declares the Lord and you are that latter house. You are the house of God's glory. And you're a work in progress but we're not even looking at that negative perspective on ourselves. It's unrighteous judgment towards yourself is sin. Don't sin against yourself. Don't be overly confident either. You gotta be crucified in humility with the Lamb of God for the meek shall inherit the earth. You know what the earth is? The new earthen vessel, the new earth. Only meek which is the humility of the Lamb of God whose souls are crucified by the altar of the cross and by faith were slain with it means that the meek or the humility of the Lamb causes us to inherit a new earthen vessel. If you have a new earthen vessel, you automatically take the earth. It's true. If you take your body and you use it as a servant for the Holy Ghost, you get different things added to you that the disobedient know nothing about. We're going to come into a level of obedience through tremendous revelation that this feast of the Holy Spirit has prepared for this generation to inheritances and promises that the previous generation, who passed the torch to us could not even fathom. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. What God is going to do in your day for those who believe it is written. You can't even imagine. God has not put in your hearts the ability to even comprehend His goodness because He likes shocking your senses. You had this idea about the Holy Ghost. You thought it was your Assemblies of God Pentecostalism. You thought it was your little speaking in tongues. You thought it was your giftings. And here is a realm of golden light that I will bring you in that will utterly stun your senses. It will stun your brain. You'll be blinded by the light. He will completely crucify the brain with goodness. There won't be any pain involved. He'll crucify it with ecstasy. He'll crucify it with glory. All the shortfallings will fall off because you'll only be infatuated with the Shekinah beaming light of Jesus Christ risen in you and you've simply said yes to the call. You have judged yourself worthy to receive the kingdom of heaven. Unrighteous judgment is judging yourself unworthy. It's false holiness. False humility is a religious demon that will keep you from rising from the dead. I'm not worthy because of a temptation. I'm not worthy because of my soul, my heart condemning me. I haven't been perfect in my past. Some of you are overly confident. Some of you are underly confident. There's a healthy balance of knowing the cross in the center of your being so that you receive what the Father has given you. If you cannot receive from the Father, there's a blockage because of a judgment or a word you've agreed with against your own soul people limit their elevations because of their belief systems which is an agreement with a word from the enemy this is why it gets so dangerous in the spirit when you're just carnal Christians and you haven't even baptized in the Holy Ghost yet and it's all about doctrine you're not really in a dangerous place once you go into the spirit once you go into the glory it actually becomes a little slippery. Rick Joyner says in the final quest, once you've entered the glory of God, the hardest demon to see is the demon of pride. And in my experience, it gets 100% of them. 100 you come into the knowledge of the glory now the demon of pride jumps on your head and you're a two-year-old you know Billy Graham you're a two-year-old Benny Hinn you're a two-year-old Bill Johnson you've been in the glory two years and you're an expert on everything and you can't even learn anymore because a big demon of pride jumped on your head now you run around it's called zeal without knowledge every degree of glory to glory requires a greater humility to sustain it. A greater and bigger cross. If the cross doesn't grow, revelation will weigh you down with pride. Knowledge puffs up. Spiritual knowledge will really puff you up to be exactly like the fallen angels. Most fallen angel like people I've ever met in this world were the ones with the most revelation but the smallest crosses. (laughs) We want the biggest crosses and revelation is a bonus. You need revelation too, but revelation is secondary. The cross is primary. Without the cross, your pride will cause you to fall no matter how much knowledge of the glory you have. You'll never make it up the mountain. The cross is primary. And even with just one scripture, remember they didn't have Bibles for 1600 years. They only had little scrolls that they'd run around church to church. You'd be lucky to have one little Ephesians, one chapter of Ephesians. You'd be blessed for like 1500 years of Christianity. You know what I mean? truth anyhow so you have just a couple verses so you have big crosses with little knowledge and you'd still make it high up into the glory we have so much knowledge as american christians but almost no crosses we have not denied ourselves we live for knowledge to build ourselves which is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you can eat revelation into the soul And if it's a selfish, soulish knowledge, even if it appears spiritual, it'll still curse you with pride. But if you eat it into the portal of Christ crucified, it builds up your spirit, which increases the river of life through the bandwidth of your soul. That's how you do it. So once you understand how necessary, the only way to make it is by the cross. You cannot be my disciple unless you have a cross, Jesus Christ said. Which means you have to keep the soul and its pride and its tendency to hear deep things of the spirit, high things of the spirit, totally annihilated from the value of the soul to the value of the spirit. That's how revelation becomes instant gemstones with a greater glory beaming from the spirit by the size of the cross, annihilating the brain, the senses, the reasoning, the intellect, the soul, and the blood. And people with big crosses, they're super fast teachable students those are the best students in christianity they come around and they're just clay in the potter's hands you can stay that way forever that's the ultimate level of maturity is the cross is so big you're teachable about everything in all directions and there's no sorcery stubbornness resisting growing in your spirit up, down, left, and right. The heights, the widths, the breaths, and the depths of the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. You can receive it all. But if there's stubbornness there, you can't receive nothing in that area. That's what a blockage or a stronghold is. Because of the potent sorcery of Babylon the Great, the current world system that we're taking down as Gideon 300, as we learn to drink, we drowned it. She goes down. The soul goes down as we drink. This world system has filled our souls with a spirituality for the soul. Spirituality for the soul is the arch nemesis of Jesus Christ. You cannot be a bigger enemy of Jesus than being spiritual in the soul. And we'll go through that, which means you will, at times, be Jesus Christ's worst enemy. Peter, at times, was the exact epitome of Christ's destiny and Jesus said to one of his best friends get behind me Satan you have not the things of God in mind but of man of men which means the good intentions the caring of the soul realm the phileo of peter was satan according to jesus christ when you're nice in the soul sparing the animal the cross what was the temptation To not be crucified in the soul realm, Jesus said, was Satan. Get behind me, Satan, the part of you that will not be crucified. That is the realm of your demonic influence. The place where you have not died with him. Oh, Jesus, crucify our carnal members. Crucify our intellect. Crucify our eyeballs, our senses, our reasoning. But don't just end there. When you're crucified, you look at the blood and you look at the water that pours out from the spirit side of Jesus in you. So the pure in heart, which means those crucified in heart, see God, it is written. What is the seeing of God? It is looking at the very blood and water from his spirit's side still flowing from the Lamb of God in heaven right now. You see it in you? If not, you're not crucified with him. Pure and simple. How do I be crucified? Believe the word. Amen. When the thing comes to kill the selfishness of your soul, the doubt and your demon possession and all of the problems and the secret things that you blame on others in the hypocrisy of the animal, instead of manifesting as an evil person, an evil conscience, you go to the cross and you deal with your junk and you sanctify yourself and you become less and less evil. You start out a wicked conscience. And you purify your conscience by going to the cross with your junk instead of pouring your junk on others. You're not allowed to sin against others. Stop transgressing against others, commands the Lord. What did Jesus Christ say every time He healed someone? Go and sin no more. And if you keep sinning, you've never known him, First John says. And if that's the case for you, you've been in soulless witchcraft Jezebel Christianity your whole life. You've been in the whore of Babylon, which means you're not married to the cross. When you're married to the cross, you stop manifesting the enemy on others, and you start manifesting the river of life on others. Some of you have never started that journey. You've just been around people who have, but it's not personal for you. God's not mad at you. This is the turning point today that you are gonna become disciples of the cross disciples of the weighty word of glory what is the cross is it just nails and a spear crown of thorns and whippings surely that's what you deserve we say that's what i deserve and we beat ourselves up which is just demon possession doesn't do anything that's not sanctification to feel bad judas felt bad. There was no repentance granted him, it is written. All kinds of Saul went to the witch of Endor. Felt really bad. No repentance was granted him. So, feeling bad don't mean forgiveness of sins. Crucifying the soul is the forgiveness of sins. Look at John at the cross on top of the mountain of Calvary when Jesus died. He's probably catching the blood and the water all over his face. You know a man after god's own heart is that god can explode his heart on the cross all over you in ecstasy are you afraid of the blood of jesus are you trying to keep your garments clean from the only clean person here we jump in the river that's when you get clean but for those clean in their own soul antichrist You're unclean. Woe to them who call their garments clean when they're unclean, when they've never jumped into the mess of the messianic. You jump into the blood of Jesus. It's true. He washes our sins in His blood. There is a crimson river, a glory river. That red isn't human blood. It's the red of the fire of God. It's the baptism of fire when you get into the blood. There's cinnamon in it. There's the strong, fragrant anointing that burns sin. We're not playing around with a splish splash water park anymore. We're jumping in to the burning oil of the fragrant blood of Jesus that comes out of his love towards us that incinerates lust, that incinerates pride, that tortures the wicked around us that tortures those who love their demons who channel their demons against the anointing of God torturing demons that's our job this blood causes them to scream I've seen people pick up knives and charge at me over 20 times because their demons were so tormented by the measure of the blood of Jesus inside this cup of my body that's when you're doing damage to hell. People po- pounding on the windows, <laughs> screaming at you, sending you horrible, wretched, demonic emails every day, lying about you on Facebook Messenger, sc- saying all kinds of horrible things about you on YouTube because their demons are being tortured by the practice of the blood of Jesus in your bodies because you're drinkers of the cup of his bloodline. <laughs> These are the only disciples on this planet. Everyone else is completely lost. I don't care how Christian you think you are. Unless there is... A physical manifest fire and spice from the blood of Jesus that pumpkin spice blood of Jesus the fall flavor of his blood Hallelujah. you know blessed are the drinkers only the Bible says salvation only belongs to drinkers if you're still in your thinker you've never loved him and you should be convicted if you're only in your brain you've never loved him you've only loved yourself you're entirely selfish. You're entirely lost. Once you begin to drink, self-love dissolves to Christian love. Agape love consumes the Phileo, false, selfish love of carnal Christians. Carnal Christians are only into self-love. That's why if it doesn't serve the soul and the self-nature, they're offended by it. I can't tune into that broadcast. It doesn't do anything for me. It's all about me. I'm out here just living for me. You're just as lost as the pagans, Christian. Those Christians are equally lost as pagans because you're still living for the world system of soulish selfishness. It's true. You're just as lost as the heathen. And the Bible says that it is the truth, anyhow. We need to get into Christ worship. And a lot, a lot of times, those people. Those lost, carnal sensories and Christians they'll accuse those following the blood of Jesus, the fragrant spices of the Garden of Eden, pouring out of our spirit. They accuse us of being selfish with Jesus. There's Martha in the kitchen. Why don't you ever help with anything? I'm out here doing everything. You're not doing anything, Martha, you self-righteous demon. The Lord rebuke you, Satan, Martha. That's exactly the truth. Mary has chosen my spirit. You've chosen the overflow out there doing the junk, thinking you're important in your own brain because of the works of your hand. She's in my spirit. Spirit right now and when Jesus said her portion will never be taken from her it meant that she will be sealed in my spirit and she'll never come out this testimony will be a testimony What does the Bible say for all time which means she enters the realm of eternity you're out here in time and space building sandcastles In Martha Christianity, the fragrance of the broken alabaster box of her passion for the Lamb of God was the sacrifice of her soul. The Bible says she gave all her house to the Lamb, which means her whole soul was poured on His soul, which is saying yes to the marriage of the Lamb. That is the standard of being married to Jesus in the charismatic church we have this flippant term of the marriage of christ the bride of christ rarely are any of them actually the bride I know they're making progress and they're not condemned as long as you're making progress. The fact is the totality of the soul poured on him like Mary on Bethany is the standard for marriage and there's nothing less than that today. And that is very rare amongst spiritual Christians. That that totality of the soul has been broken for him, shattered for him irreparable damage to the soul, which means you can't go back the rest of your days living for yourself. Your soul is broken for him. The soul is the alabaster box. If it's still contained, you are a lover of self and a Martha and not a true Mary Company throne room kingdom person yet. And the truth will set you free. Nobody's mad at you. It's revelation. Revelation is a costly substance. Revelation reveals the price for the anointing. There is a price, it just costs your soul. And if you keep any part of it for yourself you will surely die. Because you're practicing part of the curse of the fall. This covenant is total. Our God is a jealous consuming fire he needs the entirety of the soul for if there is sin in the soul like the treasures of Joshua and Caleb's promised land conquest when they went into Jericho and they started to put treasure into their tent the tent is the soul they clung to the material possessions of the soul the material elements and denied the lamb his inheritance it's the selfishness of the soul that keeps us from being married in a greater glory glory to glory is a consummation of his inheritance shared with our souls through total annihilation so we're raising a standard in this day what's the standard everything which is a reasonable standard. It's not too much to give him all your idolatry. (laughs) To give him all your sin is reasonable, the Bible describes. Listen, this is the place only where you can begin practicing righteousness. You can't even begin in the mature things of the spirit until there is a totality of the soul irreparably sacrificed for the Spirit of Jesus. Which means if you can still go back to living for you, your marriage isn't even real. You're like dating. You're just dating Jesus. Your relationship isn't real with Jesus. Don't lie to yourself. You're still living. You're married to you. You're an idolater. It's true. We love idolaters. If God didn't love idolaters, none of us could be saved. The issue is refining the idolatry of the love of self out of us for more of the Holy Spirit, less of us. Because we're just deceiving ourselves. We're deceived. We think that God is going to hold out something good from us because we don't know Him. We don't know the goodness of the Father. Because the religious spirit has deceived our minds that God is not good. Why don't we sacrifice everything we say we do, most don't? I've watched people who say do, they, they don't, they're religious. And we're all, we all got religion and this, all this message is for me too. I need refinement and everything I'm saying to you, it's a double edged sword, it comes back and cuts me. This is a pure message for everyone who believes in Jesus. To sacrifice more, with a encounter in a substance of a weighty, wordy glory, so that the impartation is immediate upon the sacrifice. Paul called it upon the sacrifice of my soul for others. Paul came to a level of maturity where he couldn't grow except by serving others more highly than himself which is weos, the heos of God. The maturity of God means that I can't even grow anymore until I just do all my house dishes. I go knock on my neighbor's door. What can I do? Your yard work? Can I serve my community? Can I help others? We're looking at all the needs out there, and Christ in us wants to meet every need. Most of us are so introspected we can't even consider others we're so focused on self growth god's going to shatter self or the only growth is the building up of communities that's the next stage for red letter ministries here to mature in serving others more highly than ourselves what that looks like is going to be the spirit of god the Spirit of God wants to make you servants of all because you've signed up to be disciples. You want to be great in the kingdom, which means live in the greatest glory. Live close to the Father in the most of His nature pouring forth through you in love and kindness in maturity in the Holy Spirit and in good works that He's prepared for you to do. But in the immature levels of our sanctification, the work of that God does is sanctify our souls and it's unhealthy at that stage to look at your soul in this stage of immaturity that almost all believers in the charismatic Church are in right now including nearly every leader in the planet whether they be apostolic or prophetic it's a looking at Christ in the spiritual stomach even in this place of internal sanctification purification and transformation of the soul the healthy only are looking at Jesus on the inside and when Jesus can be seen by the eyes of your heart and by the eyes of your mind seeing the glory it gets brighter and brighter in your mind the darkness and the shadows leave your heart and your mind by looking at him on the inside walking with him in the secret place of the heart you begin to watch him Move on the inside all the way up onto the outside. Now your good works on the outside appear. The Bible says those who know their God shall do great external exploits. We haven't seen that yet. We've watched other ministries do that. We watch them all over the planet, these people doing external works. Many of them are are, are, are ordained Ordained by God, and they are good works that are rewarded. Some are strange fire, but it's not our position to judge, yeah. for the judge is the river. And if the river whacks it and wipes it away, you know it's a dead work. <laughs> if it's a sandcastle and the waters come, how many of y'all know when you build sandcastles down by the seashore? Uh-huh. <laughs> When the tide comes in, it's obliterated. We bring the tide. Your internal living waters are the judgment towards all the testing of believers' works. It's written in the word. And all Christian works and Christian activity shall be tried in fire. That ain't the judgment day, bucko. That's the day you manifest the living water. Buckwheat, That's the day when you judge the sand around you. Demons live in sand. Christians live underwater. The Bible says that nobody can go on into practicing righteousness unless they have all the baptisms. We have the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. AG is right about that. Speaking in tongues is the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit is only a down payment. It's only 1%. It's not all of God. The Bible says it's a down payment of God, of future glory. Now we go from the baptism of the Spirit to the baptism of the glory, which is the fire of God. and the baptism of the glory has to be complete in you and the fire of god has to fill the temple in you in order to begin practicing mature sonship weos righteousness the practicing of righteousness can only begin this is where gideon's 300 goes Just don't get offended along the way as we destroy Satan in your souls, because the devil wants to shut down the progress and the process. You don't need this part. This was fanaticism. This is too hard. They said, oh, this is a hard word. Who can obey? Who can believe it? Who can obey it? Blah, blah, blah. The soul is an unbeliever. Don't listen to your soul. You'll always listen to devils. And if you can't tell soul from spirit, you need to listen to prophecy until the prophetic word has divided soul from spirit and begins to burn up soul. See, the young Christians in the first century were led by the prophets in the book of Acts. Prophets led everything, which means the inspiration of the Holy Ghost was Lord of Christianity. We think it is now, but we got a lot of counterfeits out there. The Bible says there's about a 100 million false holy spirits, a 100 million false Jesuses, and most people prostitute themselves to most of them before they realize the glory. That's why the Whore of Babylon becomes the Bride of Christ. Whore of Babylon is the soul prostituting all the false Jesuses, all the false holy spirits in a soulish, false prophetic Christianity, usually most of their lives until someone who's had an apostolic discipleship, which means totally annihilated of soul, comes around and raises a standard. That's what Moses was. That's what Jesus of Nazareth was. That's what I am. And we will raise a standard of totally annihilating the soulish counterfeits for the true spirit of the resurrection. They can't be counterfeited and can be drunk by all and will annihilate everything in the heart and in the brains, in the eyes and in the ears so that the senses and the reasoning of the spiritual charismatic fluff of the fallen angels known as the false prophetic, which is she who calls herself a prophetess, meaning inspired. Prophet, prophetess means inspired inspired by the experience Bible they say they're inspired they say it's God but it's Saul that is what the false prophetic is and it's in everyone it's in everyone the greatest senior prophets have aspects of the false prophetic in them in the earth right now truth anyhow because it's not all or nothing like Greek understanding of demonic education system it's in measurements the angel with the measuring rod it's in measurements of perfection and only Christ and him crucified in the spirit rising in the temple is perfect any part of you that's still human male female Greek or Hebrew which means soulish signs and wonders and Greek education, Greek knowledge, Greek Sikhs knowledge, Hebrew signs and wonders, all of that is the false prophetic. So the truth is, infants in Christ are entirely false prophetic in the soul realm, but they do have the true prophetic in the spirit. So they get it once in a while. They get it right once in a while but the accuracy is about 1%. They're not accurate. No, zero accuracy there. When the soul begins annihilation process, true sanctification process, the accuracy of the one prophet, the inspiration of us all, Christ in us rises, the accuracy is the heights that the morning star has risen through the annihilation of your souls. If your soul isn't burnt up from male, female, Hebrew, Greek, just forget about it. You're loved. You're blessed. You could probably live a happy, clappy Christian life in a white picket fence and call yourself a Christian and you'd still get into heaven, but you'd never become apostolic. You'd never change the universe. And there's a lot higher realms that you know nothing about. We want those realms that cost us everything. That's what this remnant's all about: the raising of the standard in word, in deed, in spirit, and in sacrifice to absolute perfection of. Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. And it's a reasonable request. It's not too hard to be perfect as your Father in heaven's perfect because the Father dwells in us and we're making room for the perfect Father in our bodies. This is his house. Moses, faithful in all God's house. What did he do? It symbolized God having complete control in His soul. That Moses had his human nature burnt out of his skull, so much so that the archangel Michael fought Satan for his body. Wow! And archangel took his body into heaven. It's true. It's not just Elijah. Remember, because Elijah and Moses come down physically on the mountain and talk to Jesus. the mountain of transfiguration elijah went up in the whirlwind archangel michael gave moses his body in heaven and they're both in heaven and they're both talking to him on the mountain this is a level of obedience that causes even your bodies to not see decay you know the standard of the apostolic is Moses in the New Covenant the standard of the prophetic is Elijah in the New Covenant and you will never operate in either without these two men in white linen you ain't doing any kind of apostolic without Moses just forget it It's lone ranger nonsense you don't know what you're talking about clueless you'll never practice the prophetic without the leadership of the spirit of Elijah you have the accountability of the two witnesses I know the two witnesses are the prophetic and the apostolic, because what else is the witness of the resurrection? Except Moses and Elijah and the mountain of glory, Mount Zion, the Father's mountain. And the Father was there overseeing the mountain of glory, speaking audibly. It's the Father and his spirit mountain. That's the Father and the kingdom of heaven with us, in us, and around us right now. At any moment when you're practicing this mountain of burning Holy Ghost fire, the Father may speak to you. He's on the cross. Maybe God's speaking to him. He's calling for Elijah. There's such a realm of a mountain that they were acknowledging sinners and murderers that he's talking to real angels and he's talking to God. Isn't that wild? They just condemned him as a heretic and they're all chanting and looking at him saying he's talking to Elijah and he's talking to God. Woo! That internal realm of the mountain within us is our apostolic and prophetic witness that even our murderers know that we're communicating with the divine realm of glory. And they hate it because they haven't sacrificed nothing so they're all a bunch of jealous haters and guess what you continue to sacrifice in the hopes that they will join you in the cross and become a true brother these sorcerers fought the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts and then later repented and joined them and began to obey the Holy Ghost If the sorcerer and the Pharisee, the warlock, the prostitute, and the tax collector, and the sinners in the Bibles were were granted repentance unto life, there is hope for you. Yes. <laughs> right. You can repent. And draw closer to the glory of God. (laughs) And we judge ourselves. Listen, man. Your brain is becoming fiery coals right now. You guys feel that fire in your minds? He is taking your minds in a baptism of fire tonight. There is a weight to the fire of the Word. When the Word of God was released at Pentecost, Tongues of fire rested on their brains. There was 120. They recently issued me a license plate for my car that was donated, a wonderful BMW that was given to the ministry three years ago. And the license plate says 120 on it. Not a custom plate, a divine plate. And God is releasing the word of it's gonna be in English doesn't need to be in tongues anymore because he's coming with understanding in this day you speak in tongues your spirit speaks mysteries but when you speak in understanding you're speaking in the common language that souls around you can understand the Bible says it's critical you speak in both languages of spiritual languages of angels and foreign nations and in with understanding of the dialect of your nation and the culture and community around you. And so we speak with understanding, we pray with understanding. How many all know when the torch of the seven spirits of God of wisdom and understanding blow torches through our hearts and mind, we will have a river of fiery words of understanding pouring through our souls that's the baptism of understanding we need the baptism of wisdom we need the baptism of counsel and might we need the baptism of the knowledge and the fear of the lord and we need the baptism of the red of the spirit of the lord on top in the rulership of all the things of god imparted and believed upon There is a self-control like a spirit of the Lord upon me to preach the gospel. The acceptable year of Jubilee, the release of captives from prisons of doctrines of demons and and religious charismatic sorceries of Babylon the Great to get them out of the soul. The captivity is so severe we don't even know we're captives. When you don't know you're a captive, you get offended. you know that's the evidence that you're a captive of a demon spirit when you're offended and you think you're free but you're actually in bondage when the bondage hits true light that hits the false light of man's building around your brain it's the evidence that you are the property right now in the soul realm Jesus might own your spirit but you haven't sanctified your soul so the soul realm the Bible says was given to serpents And they died from snake bites and snake poisoning in the wilderness even though they believed in God they follow God they were so to speak Christians they crossed the Red Sea the Red Sea is I plead the blood of Jesus every single one of those Israelites put the Passover lamb over their doorposts for the angel of death to pass over they all believed in Jesus believing in Jesus ain't enough in this day you must be sanctified by the fire of his word in your brains There must be an obedience. There must be a responsibility for your temple. You must deal with the interior castle. You must go within and burn it up and give your hearts to Jesus in a more thorough way. You must ask the Holy Spirit to sanctify you. You must become a friend of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're the only hope of salvation I have down here if I don't obey you I can't be saved it is critical that we follow the spirit the Bible says nobody is saved or a child of God unless they're led and following the Holy Spirit who are the children of God those who are led by the Spirit of God it is written who are the children of the devil those who are led by the religious and poverty spirit it is written, and a people-pleasing spirit. It's that demonic trinity. Poverty, religion, and people-pleasing. That's what the Antichrist is. That's what Bobby Connor says, and it's the truth anyhow. That the Antichrist, people-pleasing, poverty, and religion, and we tolerate all three in most Christian churches. We need to raise the standard of fire that that stuff gets so burnt up in our midst that Satan and his angels can't plant a counterfeit seed, (laughs) calling it Christianity anywhere near our bodies. Samson representing the spirit of might, he put torches inside foxes' tails and loose them into the Philistine fields representing burning down the lies in your brains. We just release those torches of the seven spirits of God with the spirit of Samson into the fields of your hearts and minds. Set the dendrite forest fire ablaze in your brains. Those brain hairs are like a forest fire that need to get burnt up. You'll start feeling like you're burning to death. We get around people sensitive to the spirit, they start screaming because they think they're physically on fire. (laughs) It's hot, it's hot, it's hot. It's burning, it's burning. (laughs) Truth in the oh my gosh, stop, stop. It's burning too much. More, Lord. That's what love is, is the fire burning up Satan out of you. The fire burning up sin out of you. Without the fire, just forget about righteousness. You can't mature in Christ. Mm -hmm. We're at the stage where we grow from spirit to fire. And embracing the fire is the critical decision all of you will make in the coming days. Mm -hmm. Some of you have made it and embraced the fire. Others of you have not. Mm -hmm. That there's still a living for self (laughs) that hasn't applied the fire to annihilate self. That you have not yet decided in your hearts if you're gonna become disciples. That is what's on the table, and it remains on the table until you say yes to the fire to burn up the selfishness in your hearts. They'll be lovers of self. This is the end times, Book of Jude. We're gonna read it. Hallelujah. <laughs> <my> <laughs> oh. True in yeah. Jude one. Holy Spirit speaking to you tonight. Amen. You could hear a needle drop in this place. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ the Messiah, the brother of James, and the brother of Jesus. Same mom, came out of the same womb. Whoa writes this letter to those who are called, chosen, dearly loved by God the Father, and separated, set apart, and kept for Jesus Christ. May mercy, soul peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, my whole concern was to write to you in regard to our common salvation. But I found it necessary, and was impelled to write you and urgently appeal to and exhort you to contend for the faith which was once for all handed down to the saints the faith which is that sum of Christian belief which was delivered verbally to the holy people of God faith is the verbalization of the word isn't that cool? that's the weighty wordy glory. Make sure you're speaking the word. You speak the word. That's the verbalization of faith. You live in the weighty word of God. Glory. I was listening to the Bible last night and I went into a four hour trance. I just got, it got so heavy. Just reading it on the screen. I don't even remember what I was watching. But it got so heavy that I couldn't even keep my eyes anymore. I went and passed out, got up four hours later, all the atmosphere had shifted, everything felt different. That's the Word of God that melts the elements. You want to read the Word like sheep eat grass. Sheep will gorge themselves on the pasture until they've eaten so much they pass out. They go into a feast trance. It doesn't need to be eight hours in the Word, although, let it be so. For me, it's like however long until I'm just whacked out of my senses and I can no longer sustain consciousness, and it's different all the time. And after a weighty, wordy trance glory, Oftentimes, I'll be super energized with a concentration ecstasy afterwards, waking up at midnight, and I'm just wired to 8 a.m. And just the glory of the trance. And so that you need to learn how to feast like sheep that eat until the weight is so strong that they pass out. When you pass out, that's when the spiritual surgery is going on in your souls. That's when the angels are taking the word you just ingested and are upgrading your DNA. The word is for your DNA to be healed. The word on is for earth, and the reason why it's on earth is because it's the programming to heal Humanity, It heals you to the uttermost. <laughs> Truth. So you want to eat the word like that. For certain men have crept in stealthily. <laughs> Obviously pretending to be Christians. Gaining entrance secretly by a side door. What's the side door? No cross. Soul intact. No cross. That's the side door. If anyone comes through any means other than the Sheep Gate, which is the cross, they're a thief and a robber. Every false believer is a soulish spiritual person. Every true believer is annihilated by the cross, and the same cross is through every true Christian. That's our unity of the brethren, the cross. Gaining entrance secretly by a side door their doom was predicted long ago there's doom for anyone who denies the cross to their soul ungodly impious profane persons who pervert the grace the spiritual blessing and favor of our God into lawlessness and wantonness and immorality and disown and deny our soul master and Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah the anointed one now I want to remind you Though you were fully informed once for all that though the Lord at one time delivered a people out of the land of Egypt, he subsequently destroyed those of them who did not believe, refused to adhere to, trust in, and rely upon him. Notice Apostle Jude here is dealing with the born-again people losing their salvation. The love of many waxing cold. People that fall away from the fire fall away from crucifying their souls into the temptations of living for their souls that's what the apostle is dealing with and angels who did not keep care for guard and hold to their own first place of power but abandoned their proper dwelling place these he has reserved in custody in eternal chains bonds under the thick gloom of utter darkness until the judgment and doom of the great day the wicked are sentenced to suffer, just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the adjacent towns, which likewise gave themselves over to impurity and indulged in unnatural vice and sensual perversity, are laid out in plain sight as an exhibit of perpetual punishment. (gasps) Perpetual punishment preaching. I like it. Uh, One of these days I'm just going to preach hell the whole time. Hellfire. You know why Jude's into it? That's good enough for a Jude, it's good enough for us. Perpetual punishment preaching. Jude 1-7, it is written to warn of everlasting fire. It's healthy, you need that once in a while. I like that. It's fun. Sixty minutes in hell at Joel's Bar. Dante's Inferno at Jill's Bar. Today we're going through the seven hells in perpetual punishment preaching with Apostle Jude. But when even the archangel Michael contending with the devil judicially argued, disputed about the body of Moses, he dared not presume to bring an abusive condemnation against him, but simply said, the Lord rebuke you. Just turn to your neighbor and say, the Lord rebuke, Lord you. rebuke you. Amen. Oh, that feels good. <laughs> oh, glory. There was joy on that. Just type it in the chat room, the Lord rebuke you. You can pick him out by name too. Hallelujah. The Lord rebuke you, chat room. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Woe to them. But these men revile, scoff and sneer. Oh, nothing nothing worse than the sneering scoffer. <laughs> Sneer. Doesn't that just sound nasty? I look at you over there sneering. Like a little sneerer. <laughs> at anything they do not happen to be acquainted with, they sneer. At what they don't understand. How many of y'all know that's the devil in their souls sneering? Yeah, Satan. Yep. <laughs> Satan sneering souls when they'd see those manifestations out of souls you know what they said in the New Testament your father is the devil why? because you're sneering with the devil in you you have his attributes coming through your face and whatever they do not understand physically that which they know by mere instinct like irrational beasts by these they corrupt themselves and are destroyed and perished the great apostle is preaching the annihilation of the animal soul in the bible that's what scripture is all about annihilating soul building up spirit and your spirit's as tough as this word that cuts and destroys the soul, which is your false life, to find your true spirit life under your false soul life. (laughs) Woe to them, for they run riotously in the way of Cain. Notice the way of Cain is the undestroyed soul realm. And have abandoned themselves for the sake of gain it offers them selfish following the error of Balaam and having perished in rebellion like that of Korah it's all these principalities that Israel wrestled in the Old Testament and the Apostles saying same ones today same ones today in the soulish these are hidden reefs why is it hidden because it's the invisible soul the uncrucified soul is a hidden reef elements of danger in your love feasts where they boldly feast sumptuously carousing together in your midst pretending to be spiritual but being soulish the false and the true side by side in every group of believers on earth they are clouds without water Why? Because they haven't realized the glory. The glory is the water. They haven't found the spring. Souls don't have a spring. The spring is not in the soul. Out of your belly flows rivers. That's why they're clouds without rain. Cloud means that has the form, but no internal substance. They don't have the living water or the knowledge of the living water. Clouds with no rain. Swept along by winds, blown around by clouds with no rain trees without fruit at the late autumn gathering time. No pumpkin spice. Twice doubly dead, lifeless, and plucked up by the roots. Wild waves of the sea flinging up the foam of their own shame. Foam is like the sewage on the water, it's the corrupted human nature practicing their own human blood in the foam of shame. False Christianity, the abomination that causes division. Wandering stars. They're equated to fallen angels by the apostle. Wandering stars. For whom the gloom of eternal darkness has been reserved forever. Notice they won't be saved unless they repent into spirit. They're still the children of the devil. But remember, they're all pretending to be Christians in Jude. It was of these people, moreover, that Enoch, in the seventh generation from Adam, prophesied when he said, Behold, the Lord comes with His myriads of holy ones, ten thousands of His saints, to execute judgment upon all, and to convict all the impious unholy ones of their ungodly deeds and as i said that i was reminded how last week at joel's bar i saw jesus christ standing right here after the bar when ron cannoli came on the speaker system and says we want to see the lord i saw the lord standing as the light being right here with thousands of glorious orbs around him. And I thought they were angels, and they were, but I believe they're also this Enoch's prophecy of 10,000 times 10,000 of the saints of the cloud of witnesses with the Lord of glory appearing now on the earth to the vanguard company of the armies of the living God. Loose them upon the nations. (laughs) To execute judgment they're here to do what execute judgment upon all let's just say all oh Oh, yeah they're judging us first we love judgment that's promotion a lot of people without pure hearts they hate it their whole house is a sandcastle you can run but you can't hide they're here to execute judgment and they're fall they're more powerful than all the principalities because these are the men in white linen these are the spirits of the Saints ten thousands of his Saints I've seen him executing judgment convicting of all impious unholy ones which is religious soulish activity of all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in such an ungodly way pretending to be Christian acts and all of these severe abusive jarring things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him which is the blasphemy of the Beast of revelation the soul speaking spiritual things which is blasphemy these are inveterate murmurers grumblers who complain of their lot in life going after their own desires controlled by their passions their talk is boastful and arrogant and they claim to admire men's persons and pay people flattering compliments to gain advantage but you must remember beloved the predictions which were made by the Apostles, the special messengers of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. They told you beforehand, in the last days, in the end time, there will be scoffers who seek to gratify their own unholy desires. Which right now in a vision was to seek their own ministries. That's what it means. There will be people who seek out to be ministers apart from the leadership of the Holy Ghost. That's what it's dealing with unholy desires, which is they'll desire religious places of position and leadership without obedience to the Spirit of God, following after their own ungodly passions. It is these who are agitators, setting up distinctions and causing divisions, merely sensual creatures, carnal, worldly-minded people, sense, reason, soulish Christians. It's exactly what the Apostle's dealing with. Devoid of the Holy Spirit and destitute of any higher spiritual life. A higher way. Higher spiritual life. They won't submit to the higher spiritual life. See, they, they submit to their sense reason like brute beasts but you beloved build yourselves up founded on your most holy faith spirit holy faith, make progress rise like an edifice A pillar of glory higher and higher those who are priests of the house of my God shall be pillars and edifice higher and higher the pillar of glory rising up and raising a tent of your spirit over the soulish counterfeit animals praying in the Holy Spirit which is raising a house of prayer for all nations which is raising your spirit to be a tabernacle of David over all flesh guard and keep yourselves in the love of god which means keep pouring out your spirit despite all the false brethren around you amen keep yourself in the love of god as you're dealing with this mess that's what he's saying i mean you're gonna have to learn how to love the animal mess But you don't tolerate the demons working in the soulish part of them that's the dividing asunder of the apostolic priesthood apostolic is also the altar work of the high priest and you're called to work at the altar and to crucify the animals as priests a holy priesthood amen So you're going to have to burn this stuff up in yourselves and you'll learn how to love your neighbor as yourself by practicing this priesthood which will be the overflow of annihilating it in others that are willing to grow into the higher spiritual life. This higher spiritual life is for only people willing to annihilate the soulish animal part of them. Everyone else has judged themselves unworthy of the kingdom temporarily, which is going around the mountain. The mountain is the mountain of the Holy Spirit going up into heaven. You can go as high into heaven as you want every day if you judge yourself worthy by annihilating the animal, soulish, earthly part of you. The DNA has to be burnt up in you. The DNA has an instinctual desire for fornication. Just like you have birds and monkeys, they will, they have a DNA, a genetic instinctual passion to find the opposite sex and procreate. If that sexual appetite in you is not annihilated by the fire of God, you can never rise on the mountain. And the Holy Ghost is going to purify that instinctual appetite of the carnal man. Just like animals. Animals, they have to breed. That is in the animal part of you but you can crucify the animal part of you, bring it under the angel spirit part of you, and then your spirit can rise on the mountain and the body gets satisfied on spiritual progress instead of carnal, sensual appetites. The instincts of the flesh. It's instinctual to desire the all that stuff that people desire it's in you cannot live as an animal the animal dies as it rises on the mountain this is where you lose everyone because the animal has to die in order to rise on the mountain if you're not willing for the flesh and the soul and the blood to be totally burnt up on the mountain think sinai times 10 million this is zion Zion means there's no going back, alabaster box shattered, you have sacrificed your human nature and you should be afraid. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You won't go back to a human life. The human life is ruined for you because you've chosen the cross to kill it. Now your pleasure is only in the angelic. This is the only way any of you can become a real disciple. That your pleasure is now in the Spirit of God at his right hand our pleasures forevermore this decision is the decision to completely divorce the curse and to be married to the lamb on top of the mountain Zion Revelation 15 playing the harp of the wedding music of the lamb that's the wedding music you're going up to the music of those who have slain the human nature. Uh-huh. Amen. And we're dealing with the people that haven't had the instinct part of their flesh annihilated yet. Amen. That's still around. It's that civil war, spirit versus soul. And there's justification and grace abounds and all and it will abound for your spirit to kill it. Yeah. It will abound, but if you're using it just in for to comfort yourself and you're not making progress up the mountain, you you need help. You're cursed with a curse and you're demon-possessed. So you need to confess your sins one to another and be forgiven. Get accountable. Get out of the Lone Ranger of the demon spirit beating up your soul. Start speaking to a brother or sister in Christ. Girls, talk to girls. Guys, talk to guys as you make progress up the mountain. And get accountable and get real. You already have made friends on Facebook. You can see the ones that you click with in the RLM group. Just send them a message, hey, I could use a swim partner, girls to girls, guys to guys only. Yeah. Don't don't mix that up because you haven't crucified yeah. the instinct of the flesh. Don't don't even go there. <laughs> girls with girls only, guys with guys only. Yes. Hallelujah. And if you struggle with homosexuality, you can message one of the leaders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. and they will they will help you up the mountain our job as priests is to help everyone who wants to rise rise Moses was commissioned the apostolic today is commissioned to help every single person who wants to rise not these goofballs playing around with devils in the sand that are just throwing rocks at everyone that is causing trouble you don't have to mess with that you don't have to waste your time on that but for the ones that are sincere, that are sacrificing their hearts and minds, that want heaven and are willing to give up hell and their human nature, Woo! the apostolic is your bondservant in chains. The prophetic is your bond servant in chains to build you up the mountain. The prophets and the apostles will be last and everyone gets up into the top of the Holy Spirit's mountain and feasts with Moses and the Lamb that's the job of this generation the maturity of the fivefold to build up the whole body to the mountaintop of transfiguration amen Amen. but right now you're kind of sifting out the bad fish from the good fish but let the good fish swim upstream and let the bad fish be thrown out of the boat It is written, Jesus preached that, that you can't let some of this stuff rise on the mountain, it's animal. You're not wearing the cross yet, you're not serious about denying self yet. You can't be a soulish person and rise on this mountain. You're not a you're not a real Christian yet. You're selfish. You're deceived. You still love the devil. That part of you has to die in order to rise on the mountain of the Holy Ghost, carrying your crosses, which is the denying and the crucifying of the soul. For the ones with crosses, the fivefold are your slaves. Truth anyhow. The ones without crosses, the fivefold are your worst nightmares. They will destroy you to protect the flock, guard and protect. Without a cross that's a wolf in sheep's clothing. With the cross that's a good sheep that's making progress in Christ. And the fivefold does anything to protect any believer that has a cross. But a believer without a cross is a false, brethren, 1000% of the time. And that fivefold will be hell to you. They will destroy you with the shepherd's crook. They were given swords and weapons against wolves, tigers, bears, and all the devourers of the sheep. Amen. That's why I'm so harsh on some people, because they come in here to devour the flocks and they get in all the time and they send in thousands of messages trying to destroy all the young believers that don't have enough faith in leadership to follow up the mountain so they pull them off the mountain and we're sick and tired of seeing infants in christ destroyed by wolves that come as concerned christians like you're mature they're full of satan's maturity guys and people are going to learn after they get beat up by these false messengers sent from angels of light that deceive by the thousands that destroy christian souls everywhere pull them into bondage they all go into snares and chains and into demons and serve on altars of demons and false Jesuses and false holy spirits and they get discarded from the promised land because they listened to the bad report these 11 witnesses There's 10 witnesses and Joshua and Caleb are the apostolic and prophetic, which means you can't listen to the the leadership that's not apostolic and prophetic from the promised land of the Holy Ghost inside man's spirit. You listen to those 10 doubting witnesses that have denied Christ in the spirit and are not God inside minded. You've listened to the bad report. You will die with them in the wilderness of your own soul. This is what destroys most Christians. They listen to 10 bad leaders. These spies represent leadership in Christianity. If you are listening to the bad report, the political report, the religious report, the false grace, the false prophetic report, you will die with the devil inside these bad leaders in the wilderness. And you'll find it comes with the people pleasing, and a lot of people are there. Remember, 10 out of 12 are there. Only the minority with the wine witness. They came with grapes. Joshua and Caleb carrying the witness of the resurrection. The apostolic and the prophetic. They came with the physical, tangible presence of his glory that would intoxicate the senses. That's what they were scared of. Oh, hallelujah. Let the witness of the resurrection intoxicate the senses through the apostolic of Joshua and Caleb today. That people would follow the good leaders that come with the wine grapes of the promised land of the Garden of Eden and of the greater glory available for all your hearts to feel God's presence strongly and reject the bad report of all bad leaders in this day for I tell you the truth in the first coming Satan got himself in all the leadership positions of the covenant religion just like it is today Satan and his angels have got themselves into the leadership positions of Christianity it's no different today it's a thousand times worse today it's true And how will you know them? The Bible says you'll know them by the Jurassic wine grape fruit. They'll come with the witness of the glory of God. It'll be different than the ten because it'll come with an excitement, an anticipation for drinking, harvest, wine, heaven, enjoyment, fun. They're saying look at the promised land. We're about to have this much fun having getting drunk in the glory marriage supper of the lamb a celebration of the ages an eternal jubilee The joy of the Lamb of God who's defeated death. That joy will be blazing through their senses. It'll be blazing through their personalities. Their personalities will be baptized in the Jurassic wine grapes of the blood and the joy of Jesus Christ, and it'll be contagious. That's the evidence that they're sent from God as your deliverers in the last days. Without that evidence, they're false 100% of the time. What is the discernment of leadership. Jesus Christ said one thing, the good promised land fruit of wine. They'll have the wine. Their words will intoxicate with a heavy, wordy glory. Even if it's a severe word, it'll intoxicate the soul. The soul that receives that severe word of the Spirit will be totally marinated in the fresh blood of Jesus with fire, with spice, with smoke. With glory it'll totally burn up the brain the brain will turn white this is evidence that you've heard the two witnesses amen notice there's two witnesses he sent them out two by two these two witnesses are Elijah and Moses the prophetic and the apostolic and they will come into a maturity in this day before Jesus returns we will have the full maturity of what Paul's generation started the apostolic of what John the Baptist generation started the prophetic Elijah and Moses will mature us all in a full heavenly witness of the third heaven glory of the Garden of Eden and Mount Zion and all the angel armies Are here to manifest that witness with your spirit through your souls and through your minds for everyone to see the glory. The Bible says, and they shall see the glory. Our faith will make the glory visible for the sinner and an unbeliever, for the religious and the adulterer. They will see and feel the glory and they will melt in the glory. It'll melt hearts. It is the manifestation of the Father's love that the glory be made visible which is visible manifest divine love men and women going into the cloud like Moses going in to the tent of meeting when Jesus come down like lightning into the tent and he'd walk right into the glory cloud so these men and women are like the white doves that fly along like clouds and like doves to their nests, who live in the holy glory, which is the evidence of the mountaintop and the evidence of the resurrection. It's you maturing in Christ, demonstrating Christ's glory. John 17, the high priestly prayer will end with this, Father, I have given them the glory jesus christ said he gave you the glory the cloud of witness the testimony of heaven on earth and your faith will grow as you walk in a faithfulness to cloud by day and fire by night loyalty to the leadership of the spirit of christ in your life the enemy will tempt you into different directions you'll repent He will grant you repentance unto life. If you can hear my voice and you're interested in walking with Jesus, repentance has been granted you already out of God's sovereign love. Now your job is to follow the Holy Ghost. And if you don't know him, that well, get into his word and let the word refine you of your words and your culture's words. For he will glorify the word of God in you. And you get accurate by the Bible being written on your spirit amen get into the Bible spa and feast on the Bible until the word is so weighty you go into those angelic trances and you come out more angelic less animal every single day which is the covenant promise you shall go from glory to glory forever in Jesus name Amen Partner with Glory to Glory Ministry. Partner with Red Letter Ministries. Where your money is, there your heart will be also. Put it into the process of growing in Christ. Take your discipleship seriously. Give a love offering. Give a serious amount that challenges your devotion to the Holy Ghost. Jesus is watching what you give. He stood at the temple and watched the amount they gave and be spirit-led in your giving, not just a flippant amount. Ask the Holy Spirit, what is my covenant responsibility to this Levi priesthood that builds up my spirit? And obey the Holy Ghost in finances, or you can't follow him in anything it is written. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) <laughs> Amen. <laughs>